As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of human history. Uh, my name is Steve, and with me is a guy who could have played an Indian back in the 80s. It's... Oof, it's you held. No, I don't think I'm white enough to play yeah. Native American. Oh, they'll just throw anyone Maybe. with slightly dark skin. I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. If, no. if not, they'll just they'll just tan you up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, Makeup? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, some choices, but, you know, it, it's, it's to be expected of the time, unfortunately. Indeed, indeed. And uh, if uh, anyone is, if you couldn't read the uh, thumbnail we are discussing uh, punky brewster if you're illiterate yeah yeah well I, you know according to the but analytics somehow. uh 88 of our audience is uh, illiterate i mean i have no idea yeah. how they found the show but some, somehow it happened somehow yeah but uh we are uh, discussing uh, punky brewster uh in um i don't know accordance with our uh, halloween uh, programming uh, i sort of ran across this and it was just uh, people saying that this uh, particular episode uh, traumatized them. I guess you could kind of throw this in the um, sort of that category with um, the X-Files episode that we reviewed earlier is, um, you know, <laughs> is this... I, I would have thrown it in any category near the X-Files. <laughs> no, no, but just in the way that, like... <laughs> You know, a lot of people said that that was the scariest episode of uh, of the X Files, and uh, I would say, is this the scariest episode of Punky Brewster? But um, I guess we might as well get right into it. I mean, I don't think I watched this show at all uh, back in the eighties. Really? How about yourself? I watched Punky Brewster all the time. Really? When I was a kid. Oh yep. wow! Wow. Yeah, I remember watching it in uh, Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. actually uh now do i really remember much from it no because i was like five you know between mm -hmm. like five and seven or something like that so i don't remember a lot of it like i didn't remember this episode at all mm -hmm. uh i did remember the characters though uh mm -hmm. and some of my thoughts on the characters <laughs> and uh one of them i was uh shocked to learn something about Ooh, well, I'm I'm already intrigued. Uh, shall we just go ahead and uh, dive into? All right, let's uh, let's spell it out here for everyone, in case you want to go uh, watch it. This is uh, streaming on uh, the Peacock, uh, and this on the cock on the cock. Yes, that's what, they, we, that's what they call it on the street. Right, and this is uh, Punky Brewster season two, episodes six and seven. It's a two-parter. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump in there, and I'll uh, see you on the other side. Welcome to your feature presentation. All righty then. Uh, I, I feel, sorry to cut you off, but I feel I should mention that uh, there is a cartoon version of punky brewster mm -hmm. and there's also 
a cartoon version of this episode. Uh, Whoa, that's we are. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, and this is the live action version. Man, yeah, we're, I don't know if I watch... could stomach you know watching both versions. <laughs> Although that would would well, have made I didn't. I, I guess I didn't understand. I thought we were watching the cartoon one. So first, I watched the cartoon. <laughs> And that no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> that would have been awful. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the cartoon version though is up on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, if you look for it. So, anyways, I didn't want any wayward listener to uh, be like, "Hey, that's not how it happened." If they watch the cartoon. Yeah. Well, thanks. Any, for... any Brewster heads out there? <laughs> thanks for setting the record straight. I mean, I would hate. For them to rip us apart at BrewsterCon 2023. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, speaking I'd of cons, for... uh, didn't you just go to one? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're gonna say, didn't you just recently execute a con? <laughs> um, yeah, I went to a Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Uh, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had uh, some very strong edibles. Uh, had some. Uh, nice old fashions, uh, hung out. I mostly went to just hang out with friends from the YouTube scene that I hadn't seen in a while because mm-hmm. I hadn't been to PRGE since um, since COVID 2018. Mm-hmm. But it's based for those that don't know, it's the lar- I, I believe it's still the largest retro gaming convention in the country. It's very, very big. Um, and the only thing I bought there was uh, Sega Game Gear with the case. <laughs> I saw that. Nice. And a copy of Sneak King, the Burger King video game for the uh, 360. Oh, man, that sounds like some... I know there's probably not much to discuss there, but that sounds like something that should be discussed on this on this show. <laughs> the, the, there's kind of a documentary out there about it, but the, yeah, there's actually some stuff to discuss on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, outside of that, just you know, hung out with uh, friends, made some new friends, uh, and that was uh, pretty much the weekend. Uh, I did find that uh, I didn't feel fully like myself till yesterday. Even Tuesday, I still felt a little tired. Oh, uh, oh I get you. But yeah, just a general lack of sleep. Uh, yeah. But that was my weekend. Well, sounds like a good time, good time. Uh, nothing that interesting happened uh, to me over the weekend. Although, <laughs> we did, this is way boring. I don't even know. If, we went out to a, yet another pumpkin patch on a Sunday and it was uh, overrun with people, and it was really freaking hot, and it sucked. Oh, uh, man, so. having a family sounds great. <laughs> well, it it is and can be, but that just uh, wasn't uh, the best day. But anyway, on to Punky Brewster. Uh, it ran from 1984 to 1988, four seasons, 88 episodes in all. And did you even know that Punky Brewster just got rebooted and canceled? Yeah, in 2021, uh, on the cock again, yeah. the peacock. <laughs> They're always dicking people over that cock. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Soleil Moonfry came back. Uh, I know that they brought back. Uh, oh my god, I just forgot her name, even though I had it right in front of me. The actress that plays um, Sherry. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wait, is her name Sherry Johnson? Yeah, yeah. The, the and, and the character's name is also Sherry. Am I losing my mind here? No, I think. Uh, I think you're right. Anyway, let me see. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's really weird. Uh, Yeah. So she plays Cherry Johnson on Punky Brewster, and her real name is also Cherry Johnson. Yeah, she's um, actually based—she's the niece of the creator of the show, 
Uh, but she still had to audition like everyone else in order to get it. Did well, you she's been to... in a bunch of stuff. Like uh, I know she was on a, on Family Matters a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. She's still on stuff. I mean, she's she's a legitimate actress. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just giving you a fun fact. I'm not saying she's a nepo baby who doesn't she's, deserve. She's the role. just as terrible as all the other kid actors on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were that bad. No, but anyway, no, they we... were all right. So, uh, yeah, I didn't even realize that it had been rebooted and canceled. Uh, I don't know. Shows what I know. And uh, as I said at the beginning of the episode, this is episode two, season six and seven, known as The Perils of Punky. Uh, and you said you don't remember these episodes at all? Yeah, I didn't really remember this episode for the most part. I, I mean,. When they started uh, driving out to the campsite, Mm -hmm. like that triggered a little bit of a memory. But Uh after that, like I, especially episode two, I didn't remember any of that. Yeah. Um, I think maybe this, this seems like a show I would have sort of uh, flipped by in between cartoons. Like you, I would always hear people talk about Punky Bruce and then I would try to watch it. And I'm just like, why would I want to watch this? This isn't G.I. Joe or something. Uh, so uh, just for a synopsis of uh, the Punky Brewster uh, in its entirety, uh, here it is. Because I completely forgot like this was the premise for the show. And it's, young Punky Brewster is abandoned with her dog, Brandon, in a supermarket when she befriends Henry Warnamont. Her new family life begins. And so, yeah, basically, what what's the deal with uh, the 80s and, like, orphan exploitation? Because remember when we watched uh, Care Bears and they were all orphans yeah, in yeah. there, too? Uh, I just, what an odd trend. I don't know. Or is it is it even just a literary device? It's like, oh, who have, like, interesting, possibly dangerous lives? Oh, I know, orphans. Let's orphans. put them in there. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it was just an easy way to put, like, you know, characters from, like, different paths of life together, you know? I mean, it's pretty lazy, but, yeah, it it does feel like there was a lot of that going on in the 80s. But, yeah, I I, I don't know. Kind of a depressing premise. Yeah, Uh, right. And the thing is, is, uh, like, you could never uh, do that premise now. Like, you know, six-year-old befriends, like, you know, loner, old millionaire, <laughs> lonely old man. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a time to be alive in the eighties. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like I thought that was a, yeah, a sad premise. And, uh, but here is the uh, episode synopsis. Okay. Punky and the gang go on a camping trip. When the children get lost in a cave, Punky tells a ghost story about an evil spirit who threatens the lake. And before we get too deep, I just wanted to uh, drop a little bit of trivia on you. Do you know who uh, uh, originally auditioned for Punky Brewster? And it's someone who, it's a show that we watched. Uh, that we watched? So I mean, not like together, but I'm sure you were watching it and I was watching it when in like in the 90s. Oh, so now you're assuming we both watched the show. I know you watched it. You've, you've gone on record <laughs> saying you watched it. I don't know. What is it? It's Melissa Ooh. Joan Hart from Clarissa oh, okay. Explains Clarissa It All. Oh, okay. Explains It All. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She originally auditioned for Punky Brewster, but it went to, how do you pronounce her name? Soleil Moonfry? Soleil. I think it's Soleil Moonfry. Soleil, yes. 
And uh, they, and then she, in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they actually had her on, and so they got to work together. I don't know. It's a fun little thing. Mm. And then lastly, uh, the uh, NBC programming uh, chief back then, Brandon Turtikoff, he helped develop the show, and he came up with the name Punky Brewster after a girl he had a crush on in school. And uh, she got uh, a check just for having the same name and even got to make a cameo appearance in one episode as Punky's teacher. Isn't that weird? Wow. That, that mm -hmm. is strange. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This uh, episode, or these two episodes, because as I said, this is a two-parter. It's a directed by one Art Dealhen, and he is basically just a big uh, TV guy. I tried to pick ones that people know that aren't like from the 60s. He, he uh, directed Sister, Sister, uh, your favorite guy, the Jeff Foxworthy show. <laughs> <laughs> Brotherly Love and uh, Dave's World. Do you remember Dave's World? Oh, very vaguely. Was that like a Dave Coulier thing? No, no. It's um the guy who was the judge on Night Court, I think. And he was a comic oh, yeah, book. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Comic that's right. right. Yeah, we should do that. We should do that. Uh, I remember it not being very good. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, there's your verdict, folks. Yeah, the yeah. quickest episode of Obscurity Now. Okay, this was uh, written by the show's creator, David W. Ducklin. And uh, he wrote on The Odd Couple, Happy Days, Malcolm and Eddie, Family Matters, Different Strokes, just a big uh, TV legend. And uh, why don't you tell me some of the uh, thespians who are in this show? Sure. Uh, first, we have Soleil Moon Fry, who, of course, plays Punky Brewster. Um, so she's been she's done a lot of like voiceover work for the Bratz cartoons uh, oh, no. and video games. <laughs> She's part of the problem, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, she's uh, obviously in the reboot for Punky Brewster. Mm -hmm. She was in 66 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, oh, uh, which was news to me, starring... Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. So yeah. there's another connection. Thank you for uh, eventually coming around and... Uh... <laughs> Give me what well, I want. Giving me those so eyes. desperately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so, uh, but obviously, Punky, I think, is what she's uh, best known sure. for. Um, George Gaines, uh, he plays uh, Punky's questionable older <laughs> man father. Oh, uh, no. Who's... Back then, it was all innocent. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but, anyways, I actually know him best from Commandant Lassard in the Police Academy movies. Yeah, well done. Well, which we should too. cover Police Academy one day, man. Like, the Police Academy animated series. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I remember that not being as nearly as good as the film. Oh, big surprise. <laughs> man, you know, we need a Police Academy, uh, a new Police Academy movie. Didn't they? Uh, I could have sworn they tried to bring it back as like maybe a TV show or something. Yeah, in the late 90s, 1998, mm -hmm. it was called Police Academy, the series. And, Whoa, uh, mind blown. Yeah, and this guy was in it. Um, he was still alive? So, oh, wow, good for him. Yeah, I mean, it was not only 1998. That's, you right. know, that's a while ago. You know, that's only like 13 years after Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wow. Good job there with the math. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's, it's basic math. It's not... It's anyways. Um, he's he was in a bunch of stuff though that I'm not gonna discuss because it's all old. Steve and you and I, <laughs> we're hip, we're young and sexy and vibrant. You got that right. 
All right. So then we've got Susie Garrett, who uh, she does. She's not like featured very prominently in these two episodes, but she is in a lot of other episodes. She plays uh, Mrs. Johnson. Um, she's kind of like a neighbor and she helps. She has like her own kid. I, I, well, she's Sherry Johnson's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was only besides this, besides Punky Brewster, she was only in three other things. Two episodes of The Jefferson, something called 227 and something called Wicked Stepmother. Huh. So <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, all, and so basically, her last thing was in 1989. She lived till 2002. So um, you know, it's crazy, man. She was born in 1929. Dang, that is crazy. Oh, man, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> right? Because it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, we kind of already mentioned Sherry Johnson. Uh, she plays Sherry Johnson. She was also in 50 something episodes of Family Matters, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she's. Kind of has like a lot of di- small parts here and there, but nothing major, major, uh, unless you're a fan of the Dilf Diaries movie. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, Steve. Oh, what's, wow. who's, what's your favorite character from the Dilf Diaries? <laughs> Dilfbert? <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. It's, uh, you'd think it'd be about like, because it's Dilf, D I L F. So you'd think it'd be like the Dad, inverse I'd MILF. Like- yeah, I'd like to yeah. find. Exactly. It's about being abandoned at a grocery store yet again. <laughs> Please don't no, abandon it, me there, family. No, it's weird because it just. It, I mean, I'm just gonna read you the description of it because I just Man, thought it was so funny. Go for it. And then I was so um, disappointed when I read the description. <laughs> well, I'm very, I'm very disappointed because the original title was Diva Diaries, and they changed it at some point to Dilf Diaries. Anyways, Diva Diaries takes you inside the fast-paced world of five beautiful ladies on a mission to take the world by storm and look good doing it. Uh, there is a guy in there whose character name is Dilf. So I, yeah, Dilfbert. His full name is Dilfbert, yeah. just like I said. Yeah, I don't know. Looks looks pretty bad. Uh, we should cover it. Yeah. Uh, then we've got T.K. Carter who plays Mike. Uh, T.K. Carter has been in a bunch of stuff. The Thing. Um, Nice. He was Nalls in in the thing. Um, he's still acting. He's most recently been uh, in the Company You Keep TV series. Got a few episodes there this year, and a bunch of other stuff. He he's the guy that pops up. He's another Bruce Greenwood. Always pops up, but I'm so glad you mentioned Bruce Greenwood. Have you by any chance been watching The Fall of the House of Usher on? No, Netflix? I just added it to my watch list yesterday, and I saw that he's on it. I've heard it's good. Not only is it good, but he is good in it. So and he's good in everything. It's funny because like I was like, is that wow, it's Bruce Greenwood. And uh Sandy was like, Who's he's... Bruce Greenwood? <laughs> and and then you hit her and you told her, This is why he's not a bigger star. <laughs> well, <laughs> I explained to him her that, you know, he usually uh shows up and ends up dying. And then at the end of the first episode, they make it look like, you know, he's possibly gonna die. And I was she was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. But, you should have told her the nowhere man. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then not explained anything further. Yeah. <laughs> she may have actually listened to that episode. I'm not sure. But uh, but anyway, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, it, it's okay. Casey Ellison plays Alan Anderson. I think that was the blonde mm-hmm. kid. Uh, he's most recently been in eight episodes of The Mandalorian and six episodes of um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. He's also in 10 episodes of You. 
Wow. He's in 37 episodes of Fresh Off the Boat. This is all recent stuff. 12 episodes of Ray Donovan. Um, oh, I was on that show. <laughs> well, Steve, he was working in the camera and electrical department. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, I was in front of the camera, baby. I didn't hey, have time to pay attention to that guy. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. Looks like he's made himself, you know, a nice career. Uh, still in the biz. I'm surprised uh, he wasn't in any of the Children of the Corn. Uh, <laughs> he looks just I don't like think he, one of them. Maybe, let me see. No, he was not. Maybe maybe next time uh, he reincarnates. I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay. I don't know, Steve. It, it's spooky season, so it's okay. Ooh. All right. The last two people I'm going to go over, or technically the last three, I guess. Amy Foster plays Margot Kramer. Uh, Steve, I remember, I remember the characters from the show Mm -hmm. and I remembered Margot being played by a boy. And I thought if he would, and I, and I thought it was like a super of the time, like, you know, anti gay stereotype kind of thing that they were doing. And cause you know, the way Amy plays the character and the way she looks uh, at times, particularly in this episode, because he's always in a hat, kind of seems like it could have been a boy under the hat. Uh, when I first no. uh, saw them, uh, like when they were ca- walking, as we're about to see towards the uh, the lake or whatever at the beginning, I thought uh, she and um, I forgot what's the little boy's name, Henry, or um, I thought they were twins at first, just because they both had blonde hair and it was like a wide mm-hmm. shot. And uh, but uh, but yeah, no, um, you're right. She does play she plays it like a male nerd like she plays it like a man playing a woman or something i i don't know it was very it's hard to, it's hard to explain uh, and then see. because of the because of the time period this was shot in you know lots of insensitive stereotypes come up i mean in just this very episode we get a terrible native american stereotype um but anyways amy foster uh is the actress behind it she was also brought back for the Punky Brewster uh, reboot for one episode, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just had a has had a lot of small parts, nothing nothing major. Uh, Alex Kubik plays our Indian quote unquote chief. <laughs> uh, he didn't have a lot of stuff. He had forty one credits, he but must he be, did have. If he has Native American blood, he must be from like the Kubik, like the Kubik tribe or something. <laughs> I don't think he has Native American blood. Rubik's cube I'm tribe. Go, well, I can tell you though, he's got some silk stockings blood in him because he was in an episode of Silk Stocking Senior. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And finally, in episode two, we have all the same actors with the exception of Vincent Chiavelli, real well-known character actor. Uh, he was in tons and tons of things. You know, you know what's really funny is that like he was in the Sega CD game Corpse Killer. I, um, I think I heard that, yes. Yeah, he plays Hellman, and because they re- he he passed away in two thousand two, I think it was something mm-hmm. like that, or maybe two thousand five uh, is when he died. But because they remastered Corpse Killer uh, in twenty nineteen, that's his last IMDb credit. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> nice. Yikes! You know what? I I would want that, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh. I first remembered him, Stephen, from uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation 
episode uh, called the, oh my God, I lost the name of it and I can't remember it. Uh, the Arsenal of Freedom. That's what it is. He was the peddler. Oh. And that is our cast. All right. Uh, all right. Here comes the Star Trek connection. Here we go. Ah, oh no. We've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah. I'll say, uh, I think the first time I started to recognize um, that guy, Mr. Pieces, was from the movie Ghosts with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's another good one. Um, yeah, he was in so much. He, he was like the the ghost in the subway, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he, he's been in like uh, so much stuff. I was going to tell you he was in an episode of Baywatch Nights. Um, <laughs> of course he was. That that the premise sounds so ridiculous and stupid that we, we might have to cover it. It's uh, Mitch and Ryan play a computer-generated uh, Dungeons & Dragons game uh, to rescue a man and his daughter being held hostage by the game master played by uh, this guy here. Oh, nice. Man, that would have really fit in well with our uh, VR month. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll check it. Well, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have a VR month next <laughs> VR upgraded. I don't know. I don't know if there's that much more to go through as far as media is concerned, but uh, oh, I'm sure there yeah. is, man. Well, uh, I, that sounds awesome, but I have to say the the premise of uh, of these two episodes that we're about to watch make me a little scared. I'm gonna be uh, honest hmm. with you there. I'm filled with just fear. Uh, would you happen to have anything to combat that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Steve. I have a 100% cotton uh, shirt with a with a message on it that'll help you get rid of your fear and maybe uh, your waste. <gasps> is, it, is it a no fear shirt? <laughs> is that what you're saying? It is the no fear shirt of the week, Steve. All right, uh, I'm so glad. Okay, uh, I, I need this. I needed this. Uh, it's been too long. <laughs> okay. I need a shot. It of has been too long. No fear. All right, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the no fear shirt of the week. No scaries, no worries, no regrets, no apprehension, <laughs> no shit, <laughs> no fear, no fear, no fear, <laughs> no no fecal matter. Uh, so basically, this is advertise. This no fear shirt feels like it's advertising an antidepressant that also makes you constipated. It's also like, uh, man, this must have come out later in the line. Because, like, I feel like the no fear, they put the no shit after the no fear. So it's like, yeah, it's no duh. Of course it's a no fear shirt, you stupid consumer. Like, oh, uh, is, is that what it's supposed to be? Like, no shit to no fear. Yeah, because it, it's basically on the shirt, the last three things is, it says is no, ha no apprehension, then the no fear logo, then no shit, which is very weird. <laughs> I, at this point, I feel like I've become a bit of a. A no fear shirt connoisseur, a no fearist, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a no fear. I'm trying to say Nosferatu. I try to figure this out. No fearosity. There anyway. you go. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I've never seen the no fear kind of come before the last thing on the shirt like this. But they were getting experimental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say like this one's like just. No scare, like it's not even like the same like tense because it's like no scares, no worries, no regrets, no apprehension. I, I don't know. Uh, it's very, very weird what this is telling you to 
not fear. Well, it's just it just goes to show you that uh, you know if you don't have a lot of. <laughs> You just sort of run out of ideas after a while with your brand, I guess. You... Well, is it is it no scares just kind of another way to say no fear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Well, maybe they're just saying, like, you won't. Yeah, you're right. It is. Like, there's no way to look it, at it in any other way. They uh... should have said, like, not scared. Right, not right, worried. right. But then you don't get, you have to have all no's, oh. you hell. No yeah, shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? This is, this is why they... They are the ones that came up with this. <laughs> all right, all right. Is that it for the No Fear Shirt of the Week? Yes, yes. Are, are, are you uh, feeling better? Less scared? Uh, yeah. L- less full of <laughs> shit, Slightly. perhaps? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, no listeners, no subscribers, <laughs> no shit. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. <clears throat> I guess we're going to... I did do a walkthrough, but I mean... It really doesn't take much to get through this. So, uh, all right. Basically, the cheesy theme opens up, and uh, it is actually uh, composed by Judy Hart Angelo, uh, known for her work on such other classic uh, stuff as, like, Cheers. And I guess uh, she had a a song on A Night of the Roxbury. But um, what do you think of the Punky Brewster theme? Well, I mean, I have nostalgia for it, you know, from having watched the show, so I remembered it right off the bat. Um, it's catchy in that 80s, you know, family sitcom kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I will say that it's kind of obnoxious at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I, I don't know, did it feel to you like the singer was having trouble with some of the high notes <laughs> at times I, st- I felt i that didn't I felt really that there were some struggles me. there i mean it's it's possible uh, i would say like it's cheesy but maybe not cheesy enough um like to to me like the best 80s theme at least that we've dug up on this show is the one for learning the ropes and uh, it doesn't quite reach learning yeah. the ropes. It doesn't reach those heights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of a show that only lasted three episodes. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, it's uh, it's decent overall. I wouldn't listen to it in the car or anything. I didn't even listen to it for the second episode. Of <laughs> Me either. Oh, I fast, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got stuff to do, man. I got to get through this. Yeah, I got to get back this 38 seconds. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we open up on a nice lake, like idyllic lake, if you will, like out in the middle of nowhere. Obviously, it's a, uh, I don't know, camping area or whatever. Classic car filled with kids drives up a dirt road very slowly there's a lot of very slow moving parts to especially to this episode mm-hmm. um and they drive and this is important they drive past a sign that says camp i believe it's supposed to be waxahachie home of the waxahachie Inji- indians engines <laughs> which is important for later all right remember that uh i ch- i looked into it not a real trial wow, I'm, I'm sure they made it up um so Punky and her crew hike for what feels like uh, forever. And, I mean, my first question that I have written down here, it's like, do you think, I mean, I, this is, all right, so this is a two-parter. You think they're padding for time with this opening? Yeah, because there's only one episode's worth of dialogue, and <laughs> there's, like, there's like 
in the first episode, there's two montages. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the shorter one, <laughs> and it's long. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I was like, man, why did they uh, put this into two episodes? But I think maybe the second episode holds the answer. We'll find out when we get there. Uh, so they finally decide to set up camp. And then there's uh, another montage. I don't even know if I would count the first part as a montage. They're just... They're literally just walking to where they need to go, and there's no yeah. real important dialogue exchanged. Uh, then now there's a montage of them fishing, flying a kite, playing horseshoes, badminton. What was going through your mind after this montage? Is is this the montage with the bass, with like the real funky song playing through it? Or I don't think so. Um, I think it's the second one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, okay. Um, this is not going to be that long. <laughs> and it lasted like three times longer than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it felt like they're just filling in time. Yeah. And then Cause they, they like show them like fishing. I think mm-hmm. they show Margot reading. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else did they do? They, they were like walking uh, butterflies at one point, like basically anything that, they could like think of to film them doing well not ever a couple a lot of things they they filmed them doing that yeah like at one point sherry's just like walking through brush yeah, exactly and they're like print it perfect right like <laughs> do you get it they're camping all right we get it uh so i love all right this is like uh, a terrible decision but uh i guess if this decision wasn't made then we wouldn't have a rest of an episode and a half to get through Henry, you know, the father figure here, the commandant from police Academy mm-hmm. one through six, Henry sends the kids into the forest to get firewood. Now I will say that, um, he did like drill it in like, Oh, like don't get lost. Make sure you stay together. Stuff like that. But, uh, I, I don't know. Do you think that was a, a smart decision to send a bunch of eight year olds to go get the wood? In a place you've, I assume they've never been before. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> you know when you're when you're picking up uh, when you're picking your daughter out of uh, or... you know a selection of abandoned children at your local Albertsons, <laughs> I get. I guess you just don't care. You can go find another one. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. but oh, one thing we should mention that. You said that there wasn't any important dialogue earlier. And I mean, I hate to call it important, but it kind of is. Mm. Uh, Punky points out uh, that there's a lot of dead trees. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. As they're walking around looking for their campsite. Mm. Uh, and that does play into the <sighs> plot. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um... And, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, uh commander uh what's his name commandant lassard commandant lassard i'm gonna keep calling that so commandant lassard says that he doesn't know why there's any dead trees there's been plenty of rain (laughs) yeah um yeah that's uh that and do you remember wait do you remember what he said later could be the problem i don't bugs (laughs) he said the bugs uh well i guess that's highly possible um, so, uh, yeah. And also I was like, man, why did Henry even send the kids into the woods anyway? So he and Miss Johnson could make out or something like, 
<laughs> Maybe. Or is he just that lazy? And I mean, we're old. I mean, I, I would believe the old part. It's like, if he was like, oh, I'm too weak to get wood. Could you kids get it? Uh, I mean, I could buy that, but they don't really. Maybe. I mean, then again, you know, I mean, he was uh, still a commandant 13 years after this. So <laughs> he's not weak. Dude, he, 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 he didn't die until 2016. <laughs> and he was born before Mrs. Whatever her name was, uh, Miss Johnson. Mm. He was born in 1917. <laughs> Jesus. That's like, yeah, man, yeah. Well, I I wonder what his uh, diet consisted of. <laughs> He's probably one of those people that smoke and drank well into the grave. But uh, anyway, probably. Um. All right. So they go out to uh, get some wood. I like how Margot calls everyone peasants. I don't know. That just kind of makes me chuckle. Uh, their dog chases a rabbit. So they're going through the forest and stuff now. Brandon, which is the most uncreative name for a dog in like tv and cinema history i would say uh but their dog chases a rabbit so they go and chase after him to find him then they find him just sitting next to the rabbit like did we really have to like to see that you know brandon didn't harm the rabbit that he's a nice dog like was that the point of that you hell come on help me out here i guess i mean you know it's a it's a show from 1985 for kids mostly um, what I found most disturbing is whenever a joke was said mm-hmm. while they're out camping, it was a laugh track. Oh, <laughs> Who, who's laughing? Who's laughing? <laughs> God, is that you? Is, is it the spirit, that evil spirit, maybe? Yeah, well, I guess that's what it turns into eventually. It's yeah. The evil spirit of America in 1984. Uh, yeah, so just... Very, very strange that they still had the the laugh track. Well, you know, eh, that's the '80s. You always use it, I guess. Well, yeah, that was a big deal. Like in TV, they, like the executives, they, the whole reason there was a laugh track is because they felt the viewer had to be told when to laugh. Yeah, I mean, if you're if your stuff's not funny, right. yeah, exactly. That's what you do? I know exactly uh, what you're talking at you, about. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Good one, you hell. <laughs> uh... Do you like Big Bang Theory? No. You don't like oh, that show. Oh, fuck okay, that good. shit. <laughs> all right, all right. Good, all good. right. Uh, yeah, they're, it's funny because uh, I tried watching the new Frasier, and like when the laugh track kicked in, I was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I've, I've read that it's not very good. No. Anyway. The clips I saw were not good. Yeah. Uh, so basically they wind up at a cave, then they try to leave the cave, and then they just end up back by the cave again. Um, now what does that say? Does that say the kids are that stupid or the cave is just that magical? What do you think? I think it's supposed to be that the cage is the cave mm-hmm. is that magical. Mm-hmm. I, I found it weird that they never address cause they end up stopping like at a spot in the cave that already has like a fire going mm-hmm. and they never go, Oh, who made this fire? Right. Uh, right. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're all, that was a little weird. <laughs> we're almost there. So um, Punky realizes that they're lost, uh, and then there's a, um, a scene of Henry and Miss Johnson going to look for the kids. Uh, the, uh, so yeah, they end up at the cave again. Alan suggests that they go into the cave, and he just goes ahead and runs in. Uh, so they go ahead and follow him, and it's the kids are like holding their arms. It's supposed to show that you know it's getting cold and stuff. A, a reason to go into the cave, I suppose. Um, what do you think the best move would have been to go into the cave or keep looking? 
you know, to try to leave the cave. Uh, <laughs> that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go into the cave, and like the kids are looking around. Um, they see I don't know pictographs or whatever you want to call it. Um, of uh, yeah, it's like a uh, caveman style drawings, but a little bit more detailed than a caveman would do. Right. Um, and uh, the there's one of like four kids that look exactly like them already on the wall yeah, and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, Oh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Punky decides to tell ghost stories, I guess, to help uh, pass the time. They hear some, uh, some drums and, and yeah, yeah, hell's right. There was a um, fire, like a fireplace set up in the middle of the cave. And yeah, the, it doesn't phase the kids at all in the slightest um all right so they they turn to run because the drums scare them and they come face to face with your typical hollywood style indians slash native americans uh what were your thoughts the moment uh we'll just call them indians since it's 1984 what were you think what were your thoughts when the indians showed up yeah it was basically your exactly what i thought they were they would do (laughs) like once once i saw like that the campsite had that you know, home of the Waxa, whatever tribe that name that they made up. I was like, oh god, there's gonna be a white guy playing a Native American, uh, <laughs> and someone's gonna say how. And sure enough, Punky Punky is the one who's like, how are you? Yeah. You know, it's like, were you getting flashbacks uh, to um, Small Wonder? Like when you got you to know, this part. I, I, I thought of it, it did make me think of small wonder. The question is, which one do you think was l- more insulting? <laughs> <laughs> I think possibly this one. Um, I mean, it's been too long since I watched small wonder, so I, I can't really compare. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, 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 they're insulting in different ways. Yeah. Also, everyone's uh, offended. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, you could almost say, well, these are like little kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't, you know, you can cut them some slack. Maybe they haven't learned about Native Americans uh, yet or whatever, you know. Oh, but an adult um, wrote this thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. This isn't a documentary. I yeah. forgot. Um, so. Yeah, they're, 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 they're like two different flavors of racist cake. Right. Uh, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So mm. Both wrong sides of the Oreo. Uh yeah. <laughs> so uh, the lead Indian uh, tells, or the chief, shall we call him that, tells the kids. Yeah, that's his character's name. Oh, and he does like the typical, the stereotypical. A tonto uh, voice. Native. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tells the kids to sit, and he points, and uh, I guess you could also call it like a samurai voice, too. Um, he tells, mm-hmm. and then he conveniently tells Punky that she's the new champion to, to defeat the evil spirits that have destroyed all the trees in the area. Uh, I condensed a lot of this. This story went on for as long as them playing like in their campsite almost did. It's like, yeah, I, I really feel like some, like the top brass in NBC came down and it's like, look, you're going to turn this single episode into a two episodes or else you fired. And then that they just filmed a bunch of BS. Or else you're going to be the dead tree. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll have Tonto over here scalp you. Hey, what do you think of that? <laughs> no, I'm the not. Actor's a, like what? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, not um, a real Indian. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Idaho. Yeah, right. Uh, 
great. Uh, so yeah. Um, okay. So Punky, um, in the classic sort of hero's journey way, is reluctant to help at first, but then ultimately decides to help. Uh, then just the uh, the Indians up and leave. I love it. It's like we need you, eight year old, to do our work for us. Now, come on, guys, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And um, let's see. Right, so the Indians leave, and then like the uh, there's it's like supposed to be like a cave in, like dust and stuff starts building up in the cave. I think they shake the camera a bit, uh, and then like the entrance to the cave closes, and like this this was weird. The way the dog was freaking out felt a little too real to me. Yeah, the dog seemed legitimately nervous. I, I was like, this is. It's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, I think the the special effects freaked out the dog. Like he was probably supposed to just cower next to the kids, but yeah. And none of the kids try to hold a dog. Or yeah, right. Or hey, it, what... which I mean, and the responsibility is not on them. Exactly. They're not the adults running the show. So I mean, but uh, yeah, and a couple times, I mean, the boulders, you know, that they use on movie sets, they're not real boulders. They're usually <gasps> just like very light styrofoam. So it's not like it would hurt the dog or anything. But uh, but they come very close to hitting him on the head several times. Yeah, right. Um, well, and you know, it almost makes me wonder if, you know, they did several takes and maybe he did get hit and like, he's, that's why he's freaked out or something. Cause it's, it seems like he's trying to leave. Oh yeah. The, the, the way I, I took it is like, he's like trying to run off camera to the set and then someone is giving him a command to go back and then he's running back. But then, like, he tries again. Like, it, it's just back and forth. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a little hard to watch. It was. It was. Uh, but, you know, this is the 80s, and they wanted people who were going to work for either cheap or free. So they went with kids and dogs. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, they venture further into the cave. And uh, how would you, like, maybe using other movies you might have seen, how would you describe, like, the cave? Or you don't have to use movies. Just describe the cave. You mean as far as the quality of the the cave set? Yeah, kind of compare thing? it to other caves you may have seen. <laughs> well, I've cinema. seen a lot of fake caves, Steve, because in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I, I figured uh, it would come to Star Trek. Yeah, in, in Star Trek, like they end up at the cave of a planet all the time, mm -hmm. and they have really good-looking cave sets uh, from the next generation forward. So I've been spoiled uh, when it comes to <laughs> fake caves. I would, I would most closely. It's it's not like the worst cave set. No. However, I would I would say it's at the same level of quality as the Dungeon of Doom cave set from WCW. Oh yes, yes. Uh... I, I know that's a real obscure reference for the listener, but uh, go look up Hulk Hogan in the Dungeon of Doom, uh, and you have a. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the damn same set. To yeah, be right. Well, I mean, the Dungeon of Doom was in. Um, I mean, that was. All that would probably be in Florida, and this has to be filmed in L.A., I would assume. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not the same set. <laughs> I mean, I, I just like the idea that it could be the same set, though. I wanted to see maybe, if it was maybe, possible. Maybe Hulk Hogan demanded that they – he's like, hey, brother, we need that Brewster set, brother. <laughs> you know, now I can really good. see it. It's highly probable. <laughs> Dude, this is going to be the perils of Hulky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you say a uh, doom because yeah to me i was getting like temple of doom vibes uh from the from the inside of the cave uh but yeah there's a lot of uh fog and creepy glowing eyes like and um it was kind of starting to to grow on me here just like the the cheesiness of the effects 
Uh, yeah, like in the shadows of the cave, like is is what you're talking about. They're like 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 it'd be dark, but then behind the kids, like like green eyes would light up, mm-hmm. then red, red ones, eyes would light up, yeah. and, and more and more of them kept lighting up as they were walking. So I actually thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but yeah, the the effects are. If there's any pros for this, uh, the effects are, I would say, are probably them. But we'll, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. I, I would not say that. Well, I mean, I, good I mean, in a I think it was, like, neat, but good I in a bad everything way. else. Good in a bad way is what mm, I'm saying. Like, like in a cheesy B-horror movie Oh, 100%. Kind of yeah. Okay, okay. I can see that. So they further venture into the cave. Uh, yeah, glowing eyes. And then, oh, <laughs> this, this is the best. Like, I, this almost seems like they know what they're doing. Because they're kind of like ramping up into what's going to be a special effects extravaganza <laughs> in the second episode. <laughs> so, yeah, the more they, the, the deeper they go in the cave, the more like sort of wacky effects show up. Uh, we just mentioned the, the, the lit up eyes and they end the episode. Uh, it's supposed to be them like looking into like a smaller cave, almost like a like a hole or something, and then they just cut to random footage of a spider puppet, like with the uh, color change, and they play some crazy sa- uh, sound effects yeah. behind it. Yeah, like the spider has it, it. Almost looked like like an early gore yeah. creature <laughs> yes. level kind of a thing with like the crazy teeth mm-hmm. and just how large the spider was because we see later that the spider's like what like one and a half times the size of punky yeah. something like that mm-hmm. uh but yeah i was not expecting that to be the finale <laughs> the way the episode ends it's just this giant spider comes at the camera freeze frame and then there's like this like fluorescent green glow lighting effect that they did mm-hmm. uh in post uh and then what really got I, this is where i got my hopes up is when they said Next week on Punky Brewster, and the preview looked bananas. Yeah, it did. Oh man, it did. Because in the preview, it's like, oh, the little blonde kid, he gets his head stuck in the wall, and that looked legit. Creepy. That's when it kicks into and, uh, David Cronenberg mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's gonna be body horror yeah. in the next episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, when they showed, uh, when I saw, I don't know if it was from that preview or maybe uh, downloading pictures off of uh, Google, but yeah, when they showed. Like Mr. Pieces pieces, like before they showed his head, like just an arm and a leg growing out of the cave. I'm like, whoa, what were they on when they were making this? Yeah, I'm like, okay, because at first when I was watching this, because uh, I've read the same thing about people being traumatized as kids watching this. And I'm like, from this? And then when they showed the preview, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's some hope here. <laughs> and then I watched the second episode. All right, speaking of, all right, so basically, yeah, if you're Yahel and I, you fast forward through the theme song, <laughs> and then <laughs> basically the kids, um, they don't even really reference the spider. You just see them um, walking into what's supposed to be another area of the cave. I mean, you can only assume that they're just, you know, building a different uh, cave, you know, set on the same soundstage, like over and over again. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So they see the, they, they never walk very far in each cave setting. So right. yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, the people, they see people stuck into the walls and I, I mean, at first I thought it was people, but then it's, uh, revealed, uh, to be, uh, Mr. Pieces, um, who was that guy who was in everything as uh, you mentioned, uh, ghosts and, um, star trek star trek yeah (laughs) worse (laughs) corpse killer um so yeah corpse that's the most important one 
Um, yes. And then um, I think the uh, little blonde boy, he he's the one who finds Mr. Peace's head, or maybe it was Punky. I can't remember. Um, well, like Punky tries to get a closer look at the arms and legs first. And she says something like, can anybody give me a hand here? And one of the hands in the wall, like, helps her. And she just and takes it, like, no problem. She's perfectly cool. Well, she's got punky power, With dude. grabbing a uh, disembodied hand. Uh, but, I mean, she had no problem going home with, like, an old man that found her at Albertson. So, <laughs> I thought you this, said, this is, like, nothing for her. I thought you said Applebee's for a minute there. I'm like, ah, it's the Florida dream, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but then I think you're right that then the little boy says like, oh, where's his head? And he finds it and it's like in the foreground of the shot. So it's like, I don't know, like eight feet from its body parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For some. Yeah. His for some reason, his arms and legs are over on one side and he's like in the, the center or whatever. But anyway, like they exchange some unfunny dialogue, like one of them uh, asks him, oh, what what do you do here? All the, like basically he explains that he, he came down there to hike and then he heard an evil laugh. And before he knew it, he was in pieces. Uh, and then they asked him what he does there all day. And he says he whistles. And then we get some whistling. I mean, I, I guess they're trying to lighten the mood for all the sort of creepy stuff that's about to come like what I, I was trying to rack my brain because like all right i'm glad that that character actor guy whose name i can't remember was in this or you know because i'm always happy to see him but i'm just like yeah me too why is mr pieces even there what's the point i guess it's to show you the stakes like this is what could happen to the kids mm, all right which does happen to them later yeah it's like some foreshadowing right. It's a seat. Uh, other... So there is some like actual thought put into this script. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I, you know, th that's how I took it that, you know, they were foreshadowing uh, what literally happens later to a couple of the kids. But um, the, the joke stuff that was pretty bad. By the way, Steve, have you ever thought about how isn't it odd that people can pretty much everyone just about can whistle mm -hmm. on pitch? But but not everyone can sing on pitch. Isn't that strange? <laughs> I've never really thought about it. Um, but I guess, uh, yeah. Do you have any answers for me? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe it. Uh, uh, well, please come prepared next. It week. takes, uh, I guess, more training to sing with your, you know, full like vocal box than to just purse your lips together. Well, and but, but some people have like natural pitch when they sure. sing. Like they just can naturally sing. Mm -hmm. Um, without having to like you know learn the skill, where as just about everyone can whistle on pitch. It's just very strange. Did you, did you plan this? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this just before uh, I logged on <laughs> today. I, I was in the use. I was using the bathroom and it just popped into my head. I'm like, that's so weird. Oh yeah, because I had Star Trek playing in the background and Data was having trouble whistling, and I thought like. But then Riker comes in and he finishes the song perfectly on oh, pitch. Oh man, I wish I was unemployed like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, so yeah, uh, th then they're like, "Okay, Mister Pieces, I guess we'll see you later," and they walk off. Yep, yep. And then um, the kids find what could only be described as a portal to hell, more or less. Yeah. And they're looking down this, like, dark chasm. I mean, you could call it the, um, you know, the pit of obscurity we're always talking about. It, um, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if, like, a creature from Doom, an enemy from Doom came out. Right. Uh, 
of there or dead space. Yeah, you know, one yeah. of the two. Absolutely. And one of uh and the the little blonde boy almost uh falls in. Um but uh, it looked like he was trying to go in. Well, like, I'm sure he <laughs> <laughs> is he committing suicide? Yeah, I thought he. I, well, I, like I said, I think you're right. It's supposed to be that he was about to fall in, mm -hmm. but he, the actor clearly like started moving towards the the pit right. to do it, and I was like, oh. And at first, I was thinking like, oh, is it gonna be like he's drawn to the evil? <laughs> I think you were making a way more interesting story. Yeah. Than... Well, again, the preview had gotten my hopes up. Then I see <laughs> the guy from Ghost Star Trek and Corpse Killer. Come on. <laughs> Boy, you must have been really let I'm down. I'm riding. I was riding high. There's whistling. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, I forgot to look out to see um, what year Goonies came out. Because when they're looking into that dark chasm, there's a synth riff that sounds exactly like the music from the Goonies. And I was, mm. and that started getting me thinking. I was like, "Are they really trying to like uh, cash in on the Goonies with this?" Goonies came out the same year as this episode. Oh wow, um, hmm. that's so. But I one thing we forgot to mention, Steve, is that there was like a second in uh, montage in the last episode, and I had it in my notes that the music was like this really funky Toe Jam and Earl oh, music. Oh yeah, it was. That was so odd, and I was just like, and if I. If memory serves me correct, you love Toe Jam and I Earl, I do right? like Toe Jam and Earl. And the music, and I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, it made me think of you. And your, <laughs> I love your being opinions. associated with Toe Jam and Earl. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I can live with that. Um, but, that but that montage went on forever. Yeah, well, they had to fill up 22 minutes of whatever. Um, so, all right, yeah, um, Punky finds a, uh, tomahawk just randomly on the ground, and she puts it down, and it starts floating all on its own, and, uh, then they're really sort of getting into their special effects extravaganza, as I said, and, uh, like, Punky starts walking backwards, uh, after they pass this, uh, spider web, and then she literally gets attacked by a spider, uh, and the other kids get stuck in its web. And then, luckily, after the original Brandon died and they got a new Brandon <laughs> because it had a heart attack because of the, you know, it was putting them in too much uh, excitement in the previous scenes. So the mm -hmm. new Brandon, that's what I made up, uh, attacks the spider, <laughs> um, freeing Punky. And then she grabs the tomahawk and then in John Woo-esque slow motion, she <laughs> brings the tomahawk down on the back of that uh, tarantula. And there's even, like, goo that comes out of it or whatever. What did you think about all this? Yeah, it, I was uh, – <laughs> it was really silly and ridiculous. And I was really surprised that a bunch of goo came out of the spider, though, yeah. more than anything. Because that was uh, – I mean, for this show, it's graphic, mm -hmm. but uh, no, I, 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 I like. I feel like they would never make a live-action thing like this <laughs> in 2023, especially since when they get to the bad guy, some of the stuff that he says, like you're not allowed to say in kids shows anymore. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, strange, <laughs> but uh, it it was like both well done and that cheesy B horror movie kind of way we were talking about. But also awful. Yes. At the same oh, time. Oh, 100%. And the tarantula and the web, like, basically explode and disappear. And uh, now the other kids are freed from the web. So <laughs> Margot, <laughs> uh, as well she should be, is almost catatonic uh, after uh, facing, you know, getting stuck in a massive uh, 
spider web. She says she's a very fragile person um, and then disappears. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, it, it, real weird. Uh, the, the effect here was just them fading out, mm -hmm. um, doing a fade to a plate. So it, 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 it was very anticlimactic mm -hmm. uh, for the effect. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was, I don't know, it was just odd. I was, I was, I, at this point I was like, oh, okay, maybe like this is how the kids end up in the wall or something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So as, as you were going through this, how did you assume it was going to end? I mean, obviously, like, the kids are going to be fine at the end, and you know Punky's going to save them mm. somehow. Um, but I really wasn't too sure um, until they said a uh, thing about... Uh, once, like, I think it's Princess Moon, or whoever tells Punky to defeat the evil with love, you knew that she was going to, like, I don't know, say something nice to the evil spirit. Right, right. Uh, all right, well, we're almost there, so we might as well go on. Um... Uh, so the remaining kids try to figure out what happened to Margot. Then there's a scary laugh. Um, and they're traversing the cave some more. And then Alan disappears. Uh, Punky and Cherry press on. But then Cherry also disappears. And uh, Punky really uh, <laughs> amps up the emotion here and pleads with the spirit to give her back her friends. And then she like turns around and she sees uh it's on the thumbnail alan is now stuck in the cave just like uh mr pieces except for he's stuck in the wall and for some reason he has creepy teeth like what was up with that well it, it, it was like not the kid it's, it's like they made like a mask oh, or some kind of mold sure. of his face uh -huh. and yeah like his mouth moved weird and like you said the teeth were weird uh, it was a pretty creepy-looking uh, effect, actually. Mm, yeah, oh, I, I agree. Um, it's all, But it, it is still bad, but it is creepy, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, but then he's also like a dancing skeleton uh, at one point? No, well, no, the dancing skeleton was Margo. Uh, oh, yeah, right. They just, oh, and they, paint, then they painted her face green. See, I told you they looked alike to me. Yeah, no, they do look alike. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, because then they... they the skeleton was obviously like some kind of green screen in element. By the way, every time there's a green screened element in here, oh, it's done very poorly. Oh, yeah. It's... The compositing is awful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No care for, uh, you know, the lighting or anything like that. Uh, color values are like way off. But yeah, and then, and then like the skeleton, though, has like a doll head on it. <laughs> but like when they zoom in on it, they, you know, do a close up on Margo with like the green makeup like you were saying and like some like I don't know, holes in her face or mm -hmm. something. Uh so and then she passes like a cave and then there's a a cherry with blinking red eyes, but again as you said it's clearly like a a, a cast of her face or something. Um so uh then if that's not enough, so now all of Punky's friends are <laughs> part of this mystical cave and then just out of nowhere she uh, sees a, uh, a vision forming and it's showing Henry and Mrs. Johnson uh, sitting next to each other uh, kind of as they were uh, back when they were by the tent and they're planning on going vac vacationing together and they're talking about how well eh, Henry's like the commandant should I say he's like yeah, I had a good run as um, as Punky's foster father, but uh, I think I'm going to go on vacation now. 
And uh, Miss Johnson seconded. She's like, you know, I've always wanted to go to Club Med. I'm like, what is the last time you ever heard anyone mention Club Med? I it was a blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. And then when we get back from Tahiti, we can rent out the kids' rooms. See, I told you they were they were banging. I told you. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Um. So uh. So yeah, she she realizes it's a trick. Punky does, and then. Brandon the dog gets turned into a giant skeleton dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you see that? He, he's like a, he's now like the size of Clifford. His bones are. <laughs> That's true. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like why? I did like that they took the time to animate his uh, his tail yes. wagging. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, his tail bones wagging. That back was fun. So a nice touch. Yeah. Thanks for a, a for effort, guys. Uh, a lot of these uh, effects remind me of. I'm, I don't think you did. You ever watch like old seventies and eighties Doctor Who? Uh, I've seen clips here and there. Yeah, a lot of these effects are very similar. They had like no mm. budget back then, but uh, so the spirit says he's gonna feed Punky to his snakes, uh, and then they show the spirit. Uh, oh no, wait, they haven't shown him yet. Uh, Princess Moon who uh, is the good spirit that was in the story um, that the chief told us at the beginning. She appears out of nowhere. And uh, I have to say, she looks kind of familiar. I think I've seen that girl somewhere before. It's almost like it's played by the same actress as Punky Brewster. (laughs) I I did think like it was interesting that they kind of cute that they named her Princess Moon. Obviously, Punky Brewster's actress name, Mm -hmm. Soleil Moon Fry. So... Yeah, and uh, basically, Princess, uh, she appears out of nowhere and says that anger and fear make the spirit grow stronger. And she says, let love be your sword. Uh, how many times have you uttered that to a girl on a date? Oh, uh, too many to count. <laughs> Bunky says she's not afraid, and then she feels sorry for the spirit. Um, how would you describe, when the spirit shows himself, how would you describe the way he looks? Uh, man, it was it's hard to tell because it seemed like he was like some kind of green screen element, but it looked like he was wearing like a black cover with some kind Sequin, of reflective yes. sequence mm-hmm. on it and then glowing red eyes. But because they had to be semi-transparent, it was very difficult to get like a read on the costume, mm-hmm. which is probably for the best. No, I think uh, we, what did you I think? think we pretty much got it. We just uh, he had really long fingernails too. For some oh, that's reason. right, that's like, right. Yeah, like Edward Scissorhands style, like crazy long fingernails. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna reveal that I I did a test. All right, so after I watched this by myself, uh, <laughs> like like some weirdo on a podcast, uh, I then. I was like, okay, so clearly, you know, you and I were not scared from watching the Punky Brewster. You weren't scared, were you? Were you? Not the whole time, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because I, I wasn't either. So I was like, Blade. No, I thought of Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, the whole time. And, uh, and I, he always keeps me safe. Exactly. My touchstone. <laughs> and would we trust? Um, <laughs> but uh, so, of course, I was like, hey, four-year-old son, come over here. I want to show you something. Oh, and uh, I forwent the first episode. And I was like, here, take a look at this. And uh, he watched it, and he was scared. But he is afraid of everything, though. So mm. maybe maybe there is something to, right, to the right. spirit. Well, 
you know, I appreciate you being willing to open your son up to trauma for this podcast. <laughs> I'll do it for you, Obscurians. Give, this is what I do. Give him that authentic 80s experience. Now he can uh, talk with the boomers complaining about being traumatized. Yeah, uh, right, right. Uh, so, okay. She says she feels sorry for the spirit, and the spirit goes away. And uh, he said a lot of... Um, I guess things that probably he would not say these days if that um, he kept saying he was going to kill Punky and everyone like her. And it's like, I don't think you can say the kill word and the K word in, uh, in like kids media these days. Uh, but hey, as even, even in the 80s, it was pretty rare. A lot of times they would uh, substitute kill with destroy. Yeah, right, right. It was real common. Yeah, of course, in G.I. Joe, that was a, um, a classic. <laughs> Uh, and Transformers too, um, but uh, but yeah, I was like, wow, they're just they're just going, uh, they're really pushing the envelope here with Punky Brewster. Yeah. Uh, so all right, the she the, the spirit, I don't know, feels the love, and basically there's a he first he explodes or no first he, they like rewind the footage and ah, can you describe how he goes out? <laughs> I don't even remember. Well, wasn't it like a white light spitting light thing? So there's that. I remember, yeah, there was some, obviously there was some fireworks that were keyed in or something that they then reversed. Um, just, just a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was odd. Like, and at one point they did key in that like fire. Uh, yes, and, and yeah. The, the monster like, you know, makes fire appear and Punky's like, I'm not scared. I can take the heat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And it looked like the fire was like, I don't know, somebody like they just did like a close up shot of like a lighter right. on fire yeah, and yeah. then they just like, you know, prop put it in. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I think you pretty much got it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and basically the spirit's done. Um, and then all the kids come back, including Mr. Pieces, who is now a full man. Um, and then it turns out that this was all a story being told by Punky the whole time. See, I thought it was going to be a bad dream, the old bad dream scenario. But, uh, I mean, this is basically the same kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I was asking you earlier when how, how you thought. Because, like, if all the kids are getting, you know, <laughs> gone by the cave, like, surely this had to be a dream or... See, I thought it was real and they were going to just be... Punky was just going to get them out of it, but... See, that would have been nice, but this is a lot lazier, <laughs> easier to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, plus, it was all the rage after that episode of Dallas or something. You've heard about that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, where uh, somebody wakes up and it's, it was like all a dream or something. Yeah, they basically wrote themselves into a corner, and yeah, that's how they got out of it. <laughs> and then the show, like, the ratings plummeted after that, from what I've been told. But yeah, so... Imagine that. So yeah, so then Henry and Miss Johnson show up, and then they all leave, and then Punky says goodbye to Princess Moon, and then I think she doesn't Princess Moon come back or and wink at the camera or something. Yeah, at the end she says something to Punky, or maybe it's just to the camera mm. or something. I can't remember, <laughs> but yeah, something stupid. Oh, the power of love. Uh... She says the power of Christ compels you. That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, anything else to add? That That's the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anything else to add before we render the verdict? No, no, no. I think we've covered it quite nicely. All right, here we go. Remember,
All right, Mr. Velasquez, do you think uh, Punky Brewster, uh, season two, episode six and seven, The Perils of Punky, should be remembered for all of human history or tossed in the black hole of obscurity never to be heard from again? You know, if it was one episode, um, I would say maybe keep it, but this there, there's not enough material here for two episodes, and it's not quite so bad. It's good uh, enough for me. So for me, it's a no. This should not be remembered. <laughs> should, so you're saying someone shouldn't uh, like make it part of their regular Halloween viewing? No, no, or a one-off <laughs> Halloween viewing. It's it's too long. I wasted his time, ladies and gentlemen. I did. Me. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, yes, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, I will say, however, if you just watch the second episode only, like I did with, uh, with Blade, it's a lot more tolerable. Uh, but that first episode is, uh, oh, it is a snooze fest uh, to get through. Um, and they do it previously on right, uh, right, the yeah. second episode, so you don't even have to watch the first one. Yeah, so if you're like, uh, if you're desperate for, you know, Halloween content during this month and want to see what, uh, you know, a, a scary Punky Brewster episode was, and I guess at least check out part seven. But yeah, overall, it's just due to the terrible pacing, because I was bored through most of it. I'm going to have to go with a, well, that's a no for me. So, uh, so yes, for all those reasons and more, Punky Brewster shall be obliterated. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. All right. Well, uh, I think we closed the book on that one. Stay away from Punky yeah. Brewster, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, yes, I forgot absolutely. to add, unless you really enjoy super cheesy effects, uh, and maybe you have a child. But if you're a grown man, there's no point watching it alone in the dark like a loser. Yeah. So, um, Steve, do you want to know what ends up happening with Punky Brewster, the character? Sure. In the revival? Yes, please. So... I was curious if she ever ends up meeting her mom, mm -hmm. uh, and I did look into it. And in the revival, she does, in the last episode, meet her mom. Uh, we get some answers as to why she was abandoned. Uh, her mom is played by Sharon Lawrence, who was in a Star Trek Voyager episode <laughs> in season two. No big deal, the premiere. Anyways, I get, you might know her from NYPD Blue, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but long story short... Her mom was like reached out to her and was like, oh, let's meet up like I'd, I'd like to meet up. And Punky's like, sure. And uh, before they meet up, uh, like, I, I guess like Punky doesn't remember. doesn't know what her mom looks like. And she saw a woman that she thought might be her. But then like the woman like turns around and runs away because uh, Punky got there early. Sorry. Punky got there like 15, 20 minutes. Early. Uh huh. So Punky follows this woman, mm -hmm. and the woman, like, run, I guess she finds a random AA meeting nearby. Uh -huh. uh, she goes into the AA meeting, and she says, oh, I've, I've, fin I've been clean for five years. I've never been clean that long, and uh, I feel like I can finally apologize to my daughter, who I abandoned. So she basically, like, expositions to the group what happened. Right. Uh, she's like, we're going to meet up, but I'm so afraid, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, they meet up then, but... You know, uh, what's her face here is all that crap. 
And then she's just basically like, yeah, sorry. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, I'll never be able to apologize enough. And uh, I don't know if you'll ever forgive me. And Punky says, oh, but she wanted to know why she left. Her. And she's like, well, I was so strung out at the time and blah, blah, blah. You were taking care of me. It, it wasn't me taking care of you. And you were going to end up just like me if you stayed with me. Um, and uh, she says, uh, I'm not asking you to forgive me. And Punky says, good, because I forgave you a long time ago. Whoa. But there's two other things I want to no tell fear. you about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then she asked uh, her, hold on. Did Henry ever touch you? <laughs> <laughs> so Punky asked whether she wants to be part of her life and uh, – before Susan asked if whether that's something her daughter would even want, and Punky says, "I don't need a mother. I had one. His name was Henry. <laughs> but I could use a friend. But the worst part of this is that they started to cry, and then while they're crying, they somehow realize that they had matching sun tattoos. Okay." Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds awful. Well, I'm. But yeah, that's what happened. I'm just sad that we're robbed of season two of the Punky Brewster reboot, where she and mom team up, or they find out that it was the dad that got her hooked on junk. So they team up to go put him in his place. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, because men suck. All right. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, I think that's our show. Is there anything else we need to discuss? Before we go no, here. no, no, uh, man. I th there was like a video with like uh, Soleil Moonfry and Sherry Johnson, like I guess like discussing the cave video, mm -hmm. the cave, excuse me, episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess basically they were saying like in the video they're saying, uh, oh, we've heard all the stories from people about being traumatized um, about the episode, and they're just like sorry about that. <laughs> all right, you know what? That leads, uh, I have an interesting question for you. Okay, so do you remember being traumatized by anything when you were a kid? Or not really so oh, much. just religion. <laughs> not so much <laughs> traumatized, but, you know, maybe you watch something and you're like, oh, well, that stuck with you. <laughs> um, not in particular. I mean, I'm sure there was stuff. Oh, I do remember in Ghostbusters 2, like, the scene with all the faces mm -hmm. uh, was a little crazy. I think it's Ghostbusters 2, I'm thinking of. But, um, no, not, not, not that I can recall. I didn't get to watch a lot of horror stuff because I grew up in, you know, a super Christian household. Right. So it was pretty rare for me to get to watch mm -hmm. any of that stuff. And by the time I did, I was, I was you know, already like 12 or 13. Yeah, I'm not really getting scared by, by that kind of stuff anymore. What, what about you? Uh, my dad and I watched like so many violent action movies in the eighties. I was like completely desensitized. Um, but no, there's got Th that's why you're, you're such a violent man these days, right? Oh, of course, because blame the media. Like I, 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 I I've, I've heard that you'll attack people, <laughs> even loved ones. If they don't re realize who recognize who Bruce Greenwood is. Yeah, I do. And this podcast, they go obscurity. What? And then I beat them up because they <laughs> never heard of us. Um, but no, no, there's gotta be, there's gotta be like, uh, something. 
Eh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm really going to have to do some soul searching on this one, I guess. Uh, but I, it turns out I don't have one. So I guess we'll have to table it for now. Uh, We're just so brave. <laughs> we are. We were just two brave alpha boys. Right. And uh, now we're, uh, we conquered our fears. Now we're conquering the podcast space. No fear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, I just don't know if I should announce. Uh, I'll be starting the Escape to Earth issue three Kickstarter soon, but it's just not up to, to view yet. So there you go. Okay. A pre-announcement, if you will. But um, yes. other than that, uh, you want to end this thing? Uh, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. I so mean, let's get out of this cave. Permanently. No, no. All right. Uh, we'll see you next uh, Sunday as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. See you then. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.